Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows. It's Blake doing the damn thing. WWE. What's going on, y'all? Very. Uh, let's say, let's not say very, because it wouldn't have made sense. But there are a lot, and I repeat, a lot of nasties on the road this morning. So please pardon me if uh, yet again I seem a little flustered. But, I mean, what's this? Episode 2 of the Frazzle Razzle? I don't give a damn. Let's get it. Open up the show with uh, Becky and Charlotte taking on the Iconics. It was a surprise for that. And the Iconics were surprisingly a little bit more over with uh, the Boston crowd. I'll just say that. I think they're a lot more popular than, you know, it seems. But I can see where some of the in-ring technique could always use a bit more uh, polish and practice. They're fine. They're They're good. You know what I mean? But we want them to be great. So they were upset that they weren't selected or something like that for the women's uh, tag team for Survivor Series or the women's team on Survivor Series, some bro women's tag team. However it works. Either way. Um, and the crowd was like, what? And it's like, wow, look at that. And Boston was extremely vocal. They were very loud last night. I was happy to hear, you know, such an engaged crowd. But... Um, yeah, Becky and Charlotte, we starting to run with the they don't really want to team together thing. Let's not be cringy with the fight foreverness, Becky. And that's not Becky's fault. It's how it was uh, scripted. And it's not really, you know, me coming down on the writing team. I'm just saying like, eh. Like, we already know that they, uh, they're a little eh with each other. So, um, everything else was fine. Just like you don't have to throw in the, oh, we're, we're always destined to fight or we're destined to be around each other. Like, nah, let that shit rock out for a couple more pay-per-views or a couple more months or however we going to run it and then start really pushing that because, it, and I mean, this is, it seemed like happenstance, but at the same time, I'm not really sure. Natty's back. Natty seems like uh, all of the personal family affairs have been uh, taken care of. At least we hope they are over here from uh, the shadows of the WWE universe. But, um, you know, she was in there last night with Oscar, and it was a it was a cool match. But either way, let's stick it. Let's stick to the tag team for right now. Uh, Becky Shaw to take on the Iconics. Good stuff. It was a fun little match. Like I said, it needed a little more polish on the Iconics side. Becky and Charlotte kept up with them for the most part. You know, they were pacing with them. I'll say that. And um, it was it was all right stuff. You know, it wasn't something that I was against. the The spinning heel kick was a little bit slow, but. We know that when Peyton throws that at the right time in the right way, it does actually look fairly devastating. So, uh, good stuff. They're both really good on the microphone. They're fun. And they've got a great little, you know, catchphrase with the slogan and all that. Like, I enjoy hearing them kick that. So, that was fun. Not going to try to spend too much time on segments. We're going to try to uh, move forward as expeditiously as possible. So, all in all, Charlotte and Becky pick up the victory with the long figure eight on Billy Kay, and Becky hits the back explode on, I believe, Peyton. So, uh, and I mean, it was during the figure eight. They really uh, sold uh, the pain that Billy Kay could have been going through because of just the torque and the angle and the arc that Charlotte has on that figure eight. And I respect the fact that WWE is 
making sure people can understand just how much goes into the figure eight. If it was me personally, I mean, I know we're talking about the pain inflicted, but shoot, can we can we just highlight the fact that Charlotte is just so strong? You know, l- let me not. Let's move on into this next segment because I can sit here all day. I think we have uh, Umberto Carrillo taking on Carl Anderson, a.k.a. my man, Chad, too mother-loving bad. Um, good match. I... I I was happy because it was a new match, you know. It was a matchup that, like, it, it was. It's a throwback to WWE days of old. Just like with the Charlotte Becky and uh, Iconics match. At first, Becky was ready to take on both of them by themselves. It made me think about the old school handicap matches on SmackDowns of old, when The Rock was taking on the Dudley Boys and still winning, even though the Dudley Boys were clearly like a force to be, you know, reckoned with back then and still to this day one of the most decorated take nothing away from that but it was just you know when you're younger you're looking at the storylines differently you're thinking differently you haven't been exposed to so much stuff so you're learning new things and yeah either way uh i enjoy and and so i would enjoy seeing you know sometimes a regular singular tag team member a member of a tag team unit or whatever a member of a faction a stable or whatever i would always enjoy them going on one-on-one with a singles competitor that is a pretty established or one that we already know uh and we had that last night with you know one half of the best tag team in the world uh, Carl Anderson taking on Umberto, the new up-and-comer, the, the upstart, which has been like his little gimmick uh, since he's gotten the 205 from NXT. I can I like how he's been, uh, you know, being highlighted on the show. You know, I'm glad that they're using him, and I, he does have a little bit of a look to him. Axe Aiden, he's pretty handsome, you know, and he's athletic. And, I, I mean, I think he would need to work on the striking ability just a little bit, but at the same time, he's, he's just fine with his aerial based offense like it's 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 good it's good stuff so um yeah last week man i missed that moonsault he pulled man it was a long moonsault and it was perfectly measured that is something that my dear charizard should take note of y'all know i i try to call out every single moonsault that i think now and and this is we know charizard she's long and she's strong but look we keeping away from the match um i believe um, Berto picked up the victory. I believe he did. Yeah, he picked up the victory. But oh yes, uh, you know Anderson and AJ. St- not Anderson. Pardon me, Gallows and AJ Styles, United States Champion, they're in the ring. Well, they're outside of the ring, there, you know, causing distraction after a while when Umberto started to get a little bit of too much of the momentum on his side, and out comes the Street Profits good shit, you know, constantly paying attention to, you know, the guys of tomorrow and Umberto and the Street Profits, though a bit of an odd couple that I really didn't expect, I mean, I'm I'm half and half on a good odd couple, they were good for them, in the moment, they came out, made sure that the match was uh, had fairly, held fairly, and uh, it was crazy, a little bit of shenanigans at the end, with, I uh, believe, a small package uh, being employed, but then, well, it was based off of the OC interfering, but and and messing with the referee, it's distracting him. But the Street Profits, believe Ford got the uh, a, a opportunity to reverse the small package into a pin and predicament that would uh, benefit Umberto, and this is how he picked up the three count victory 
over Carl Anderson. Good stuff. Good match. They was a little upset. Great selling on the very end of that. You know, it was fun to have, you know, uh, Montez and Dawkins, you know, dancing up top on the Titan Tron and stuff like that. It was funny. It was really funny because of Umberto's track. It definitely has that type of energy to it. But let's just make sure we keep this in the ring because AJ and well, the rest of the OC, you know, just mad, throwing their fit, AJ kicking the bottom ropes. This is all good stuff. I'm not saying continue to do that as one thing. I mean, like, just kicking the bottom rope every single time with a bottom turnbuckle. Like, I wouldn't say, you know, go crazy just doing that and making it a part of your character. I'm saying, you know, being upset that you lost, making the match feel like it meant something, you know. Like, now AJ has to defend the championship against Umberto. We found out later that night from uh, Charlie C, and the C stands for CrossFit, but um, yeah, it was it was good stuff, it was a good matchup, and uh, I was I was happy to see Umberto pick up, pick up the victory, but it didn't necessarily make anyone look weak either, in my opinion, it's just me though. Uh, next up, Bobby Lashley took on No Way Jose, and um, Lana was on microphone, look, she could cut a promo, she doesn't the crowd, they, they tried it out in the UK with the extra booing. I'm not really going to get into any of the uh, audio technicalities because I don't care to. But um, the fact that it was that much crazier and she still was able to fight her way through that promo. No slips, no mess ups. I mean, as far as just flowing her wording, <laughs> you know, it was um, it was good stuff. Uh Bobby Lashley goes in the ring with No Way Jose. Lana did a great job on promo. We just take it, just leave it at that. I think, what, she applied for divorce or something like that? Oh, yay. Good blah, blah. Like, I, I, everyone is going to have their opinion on this segment. I don't think I really want to go into addressing the opinion and even, nor sharing my own because I look for bright spots. It may not be overall the greatest segment or the greatest story being told on WWE television right now. But what I will say is at least we have a story. And you can't lie like it's some parts where it's just so bad, it's actually kind of good. I find myself chuckling at maybe about 10 to 20% of what's going on during that little storyline. And Bobby Lashley back in the ring. I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to see Bobby Lashley in the ring? They talk about him being chiseled and all the rest of that stuff. But he goes in there and he clearly could move. He clearly got the skills. You know, I mean, all of the guys and girls of the rosters have the skills. But it's about making it interesting. And Bobby Lashley can somewhat make things interesting with just how strong he is. I would like to see more power-based moves from Bobby Lashley. That giant uh, spawn buster thing he does, that's a throwback to some old WWE games, man. Like, just go ahead and take Brock Lesnar's old move list. Why don't you? Take Go Go, mix that with some Goldberg. And really be a dominating presence when you're in the ring. I mean... Hey, this is just me throwing it out there. I would say this for other superstars also, but it's just the energy that Bobby Lashley brings to the ring. I enjoy, uh, I enjoyed the match between him and No Way Jose. Sheesh. Uh, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and call it. No Way Jose needs a name change. If it don't happen, it don't happen. But I'm saying, this guy is in so many different directions. Hey, 
Here's your shot, Jose. Is you ready? You know what I'm saying? He need a name change. He's he's literally like he I know that this guy does not like being a J bro. Yeah, get paid. Get paid. Get your bread. But I'm saying he he's out here like like this is what we would maybe it's the razzle. Pardon me. But this is the glorified what enhancement talent. Like, come on now. You change your name, get a new gimmick. Like, I, I like the hair. I didn't like the green hair. I mean, I like living in your truth, but I don't like, I, I just wasn't a fan of it personally. I'm pretty sure there were other fans in WWE Universe that enjoyed it. We know Jose is strong. We know he has a great right hand or left hand. No, he can punch good. I mean, but all the rest of it, we need to really see where it would translate. I don't know if the No Way Jose thing is anything past a fun, dancey gimmick. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm not going front. I mean, it's Survivor Series time. I, we, we, it's Sunday. Streaming live on the WWE Network. It's a lot of friendly spirit of competition running around. This ain't NXT. You on the main roster now. So what up? Where you at? No way, Jose. Look, every time I say no way, Jose, I can't even take you serious. I feel like, oh, oh, is he going to win? No way. But that's already too cliche for me, and I don't like those. So, no way Jose loses. Not the other person won, because we knew they would. Bobby Lashley didn't win. No way Jose lost. Is you ready, Jose? Where you at with it? Now, come on and talk your shit. Come on and talk your shit. Let's see what you got. Creative, you got something for him? Do we got something for him? If not, no worries. But if we got something for him, let's let's go ahead and get him in there. Why not? Why not? We got some cool new matches. It was a great night. I see. I see the response to the alternative entertainment wrestling. I see it by having much, much better and much more fluid matches, much newer matches, just as was promised last December. We got it. We getting it. So with that, it ain't about creating new stars or creating new superstars. It's creating new respect for the superstars. Because they're already there. They're at the highest level. They're already there. We know Jose is a talent. But now that you got the talent, can you can you translate that to WWE's language of talent? And if you don't, or if you can't, that shit ain't got nothing to do with me. So, let's... uh. Let's see what happens. No way Jose loses to Bobby Lashley. What's the next match, man? Told you, I'm a little razzled this month. I've been trying to chill. You know, Lana and Bobby Lashley did their little, I ain't even going to call it cringy, but they did the little thing afterward, fun little celebration. And, um, yeah, next match. Seth Rollins went against Andrade and picked up the victory via disqualification. I believe the Lucha House Party came out repping SmackDown on Fox and, you know, caused that match to end uh, abruptly. It was, um, it was okay stuff. It was okay stuff. It was a good match between Andrade and uh, Seth Rollins. It was fun to, you know, watch Seth do his thing. It was fun to watch Andrade keep up with them. They were both pacing each other with each other. I don't want to say we want to see both of them more often. I will say that when they are in there, I would like to see them be a little more comfortable with each other. So it is going to take a little bit more of the, uh, pardon me, 
it's going to take a little bit more of isn't it part of me guys got some nasties on the road but it's going to take a little bit more of them being in the ring and being comfortable with one another but um yeah for the most part you could see the spark there you could see the potential and we're going to see them get to work together because both of them are going to be on the survivor series team representing team raw this sunday so i'm not mad at that i think it's going to be cool andrade wanted to be down and uh definitely got his opportunity with seth so uh we'll see how it all plays out i think it's going to be a fun match i know i've been looking forward to this all year round so um we're going to see how it all plays out. And shots, shouts, pardon me, shouts to La Mounier, guy. You know what I mean? She in there, she do a thing. We just happy to see her, man. I be starstruck. You know, it's only, it's only a couple of superstars that starstrike me. You know? It's Lena Vega's one of them, along with my Shiro Bailey. And you already know Sasha with her new theme song and new entrance. I'm just hyped to see what's, uh, what's doing with the way that they present that track. You know, like Sasha's going to get her entrance. Is it the old song or are we going to get, you know, the, uh, well, pardon me. Is it just straight the new song or are we going to get the old song with the, you know, slowed down, remix lights down, spotlight into the new song? I mean, we'll see how it goes. I anticipate it. But um, all in all, the next match we had Buddy Murphy. Oh, and he was backstage trying to call out uh, Alistair Black. So somebody was correct. But. I mean, I mean, this is why you should be listening to your boy, the advocate. And, and I mean, shouts to Heyman and all, but this is, this is, this is where it was inspired from. Beyond that, I mean, I know Paulie was around longer than me, but I've been trying to advocate for WWE since I was a kid. Either way we looking at it, I was correct about Buddy Murphy uh, being who Alistair Black was referencing if we're just looking at week to week storyline to storyline inside of the storyline so shouts to me for that it's either that or sasha and bailey are going and telling mr mcmahon and the creative team like hey this might be a good idea go check out blake never know but um yeah buddy murphy went in there he tried to well he's backstage tried to call out alistair alistair was not around he was in the room, but I guess he didn't hear him. He's probably getting up or, you know, finding his way to the light switch. <laughs> That's funny. But, um, yeah, he woke up. Oh, yeah, you all talk. Okay. And, um, yeah, by the time he walked off, going toward the ring because he had a scheduled match next against Akira Tozawa. He, um, uh, Alistair Black came running out the door. Buddy wasn't around, no problem, but I'm sure, and I said that to myself, I am almost sure and certain that Alistair Black is going to be so ready to find this cat afterward. But we'll see, or later on, sometime next week, whenever they decide to go back into the segment. However that worked. Either way, Akira Tozawa and Buddy Murphy had an excellent match. Very, very fun stuff. Um, I'm happy that Tozawa got an opportunity to shine on Raw. You know, we've seen Buddy Murphy a number of times. He's been, he's, he's, he's definitely been just on it. You know, he's been impressive every single time he's going in the ring. I think Buddy Murphy's thing. Let's just still call it now. Take nothing away from Tozawa. Buddy Murphy is great. Tozawa is great. But Buddy Murphy is just a little bit athletic. Like, he's really athletic, not even a little bit. So sometimes with some of those moves, when it comes to all three elements of good sports entertainment in ring, in my opinion, such as, you know, how good you look sending a hit, how good you look taking a hit, and how good you look reversing a hit, no particular order. But um, 
yeah, Buddy Murphy, man, he looks good doing all this stuff. So it's like, man, who can go in there and look just as athletic as he can? Buddy Murphy not only can sell, but he can look awesome doing all of the things that he decides to do because of just his strength. And then he has a look to him. So it's, and then he's muscular. He may not be very tall, but I can personally see past that. I think other tall people, not all of them, but maybe some, you know, taller people can look past that too. Like, nah, this guy's a firecracker. He's loaded with energy, stick of dynamite. No pun intended. You know what I'm saying? He's C4. How about that? You know, but, um, yeah, it was a good match between the two. Uh, Buddy Murphy is, like I said, he's extremely athletic. So he was able to pick up that victory over Tozawa with uh, just, uh, what was it, Murphy's Law. But it was just, a, it was a couple of moves where you could see the momentum was really beginning to shift in Buddy's favor. So that was fine with me. Um, I enjoyed it. Buddy Murphy gets backstage. Here go out. He's walking past. And uh, he stops at the door. Alice the Black stepped right out. I think he called him out. Alice was right there ready for, like, what you want. You know, and then he stared down. And we'll see how this all progresses next week. I think that's going to be a fabulous match between the two of them. Um, definitely excited about it. Uh, we, we all know Alice the got it. We know Buddy had Right now, in my opinion, I think Buddy might have a little bit of a little bit more momentum. Just as far as us being able to see him in the ring and not taking on and beating up enhancement talents. You know, so... That was fine. And, um, yeah, a good match. Oh, let's talk real, real fast as we get into this next match about my man, Samoa Joe, on commentary. Shouts to you, Joe. Look, I'm not even going to sit here and go into all of the good stuff, okay? Because we, we could be here all day and all night. I, we know that because Joe is... He's no slouch in ring. I hope that injury gets better. I will definitely say that from the bottom of the heart, you know. And, um, yeah, my favorite part of Samoa Joe on commentary last night, no questions asked, was him laughing. He has such great moments with that. Don't go hard on it. Don't, don't don't overdo it now, you know, because it was natural and you let it flow and it was just great moments. And it was like, you could tell what certain last minutes, some of the laughs meant, yeah, that was, that was super impactful. Yeah. You know, that person is hurt off of that. Some of them was like that. It was that told you so laughter. It was just good moments from Joe. He was meshing extremely well with King and, uh, Vic Joseph. So, I mean, I don't want to say Dio should get replaced, but I'm saying I'm seeing a lot more goods with Samoa Joe on Raw commentary than, you know, eh, like Dio still needs a little practice. He was warming up, but I mean, you know, pop culture compared to plugging the show that's coming on the very next day, you know, like, like Dio knows a bit about a bit. Like he's very, very knowledgeable. I will not front. Just listening to some of the things where he throws himself in, some of the information he's able to share and provide for us in the WWE universe, paying attention along at home and such like that. Like, he's he's good. But Joe's great. I'm not going to hold you. And, and then... <laughs> oh, man. I can't even do them sometimes. And you never know when they go. <laughs> Those shits was great, man. So, I always knew there was something special about Samoa Joe. But I didn't think it was commentary, man. He, it's like, I don't even want to dare say like a Taz 2.0 energy because that's totally not what it is. It's just, you know, Samoa Joe is good. And 
he could have a potential future in that. I don't know. Maybe he loves the in-ring more so. I wouldn't even be upset about that if that was the case. But either way, um, yeah, that was that was just good stuff last night. So, shouts to Samoa Joe. Eric Rowan takes on Alex Malcolm. A lot of 24-7 shenanigans next up. Uh, well, in between that, just so... it's. Uh, I don't want to say the 24-7 stuff is pointless, but I think, and I'm totally going to be ignored on this next part, but it has truly, truly, truly run its course. That's my opinion on it. What are you doing? What are you doing, bro? Come on, man. Pardon me. These nasties on the road, they wildin'. You got your little one with you? Pardon me. These people had their little ones with them, and they driving like madmen. This is crazy. Go ahead, bro. You got it, my nigga. You got your little one with you. I got my little one with me. I understand. You got your little one, nigga. Hurry up. Nah, now you taking too long. Ha! <laughs> you want motherfucker with a rail like that. I take the time, bro. Anyway. Pardon me. Nasty's on the road. You see? I try to do the right thing. I try to be a little bit cordial, but... You know, in most cases, in some tenses, you have to play both sides offensively and defensively. So just as well as there were plenty of shenanigans on my side when it came to everything just going on as I was attempting to explain the shenanigans that were taking place during Eric Rowan's matchup with Alex Malcolm. Yeah, there are. it's almost pointless. It's almost needless. What purpose? Does it serve to have so many silly shenanigans? I mean, it is a funny joke. There were moments where um, where it was really funny and showed signs of really being one of the most popping things on WWE television. But I mean, I guess I'm not gonna say it's run its course. It's gonna last, or it's gonna it's just gonna be what it's gonna be. I personally don't care. I'm indifferent toward it. Let that be known. Let that be known. But uh, it's uh. You know, it, it, it almost takes away from some of the matches, you know, just to have something to throw in there. Like, man, we know it's enhancement. We want to take Rowan a little more seriously. What's in the cage? Is it, is it, a, is it a sugar glider? Is it a, is it a, is it a raccoon? Is it a, is it a mouse? Is it a guinea pig? Is it a hamster? Is it a tiger? That doesn't even make sense, right? We know. What is it? Is it a parakeet? What is it? What could it be? Is it? Is it rambling rabbit? Haha. <laughs> you know, like it, it could be one of many things. And he's treating it like it's a little baby and gushy. I know that Eric Rowan has plenty of personality. I think I made reference to this even being on Talking Smack a while ago. But oh man, talk about the cringe and maybe it's just a razzle because I try to be optimistic about this stuff but it's like man this shit needs to be going in a certain direction really soon before I just begin to completely ignore the segment all the way around I'm getting there I'm, I'm just being real I'm getting there I don't want to be sour on Rowan but if we book and Rowan like this and this is all of the bullshit that he's good for then I mean I don't want to say back to obscurity with him because I don't like throwing out things, you know. Like I don't, well, you know, I believe in the superstars. I believe in the creative book and practice, and the process. And I mean, I think that like right now, like I guess I may be a little razzled, so it may not sound like I'm too optimistic about it. Hey, 
We'll see how it all continues to play out. Rowan wins. Next match, please. Uh, oh, Triple H tries to recruit Kevin Owens to NXT television. Now, there are two sides to this. I'm going to stay on the side where I play my lane and play it well. You know, it, I could look at this a certain way, but I kind of just stop. Like, I, I decided to look from a certain uh, from a certain frame or certain viewpoint once Triple H brought up uh, uh, Seth Rollins having his heart on his sleeve and being very passionate and having a soft spot for him. So I said, all right, well, this this is more about KO. And if it's going to be about KO, then we'll let that be. You know, I personally don't think I've ever turned on any of my friends. So that's a form of resonance that I can't necessarily find with Kevin Owens. But I can understand wanting to be the best, wanting to be the, the top, you know, wanting to take wherever you're at to the next level. And KO is totally one that is capable of doing that. The reception that he got, the the, the reception that he's been getting for some time now, you know, his in-ring capability, his prowess, his skill, he's there, he's got it, you know, he is, he is the next star in the company, he's already a superstar, clearly, but, I mean, former Universal Champ, let's not forget, Triple H came out during that matchup after Finn got injured, and could, had to relinquish the Universal Championship, Triple H came out during that, what was it, Seth and Roman, you go in that, I believe it was some other, I think it was Seth and Roman, but either way, went at it, and Triple H came out, got KO the Universal Championship, hands down, no question, this is what it is, you know, we remember when, uh, you know, Triple H brought it up, like, hey, look, you came on your very first night, and literally beat John Cena, hand, foot over the United States Championship, the NXT Championship, held proudly, you know what I mean, so it, it and and then he was taken away from NXT or something like that. So it's like he had the chance to rise to much greater prominences, you know. And we see that he's still got it, man. Like, he's still there with it. Like, that just off of his body of work since he's been on the main roster. And I could sit here all day. You talk about Miz bringing the Intercontinental Championship prestige. If you got a good face, you got a good heel. Now, Miz was a heel. But if Kale was a babyface with the IC Championship, it would have still felt the same. I can't remember it if he was or wasn't. And this is how I know that we got good stuff when we're dealing with KO. Uh, United States Championship, man, the new face of America and all that. Like that, that was one of KO's greatest. That was one of his greatest faces. The, well, the many, we talking about the many faces of KO, but that was one of his greatest characters. In my opinion, because it was something that actually got over. He wasn't walking on his face just to make sure. Like, oh, man, it was just good stuff from each angle. When he was Universal Champion, yeah, he was a little bit cowardly. But it was funny. It just shows that he's versatile, you know. Like, look, I could sit here all day and all night talking about Kevin Owens and just how good he is. So Triple H trying to recruit Kevin Owens after trying to recruit Seth Rollins last week. Uh, unsuccessfully. It's okay. You know, like I, 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 I'm trying to. I want to be as fair and impartial as possible. You know, I like all three brands. My, I do bleed blue. I started out bleeding blue, you know. But I, I, I'm. Imp- I appreciate what all all of these teams have to offer. 
and it's just been a very fun build thus far. And watching Triple H try to recruit cats back to NXT, you never know. Remember when Austin went back to WCW? We got one week left. I, well, we got a couple of days. I don't know if anyone is actually going to go over. We don't even know. We'll find out this week on NXT, which I should be covering war games. So just stand by for that this week. I believe we might be throwing that out there on Survivor Series Sunday. Just just for the good energy of the product and all of that. But um, And, and the, the great energy on the weekend. I've been hyping this shit up all year. So um, we don't know who the five members of Team NXT are going to be. We know that a lot of them are scheduled for matches. Baszler is scheduled, you know, for a match. I believe uh, Riddle and Keith Lee, uh, Dominic Dijak are on the team. I know Adam Cole might be team captain or something like that. I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it all goes. I think Ciampa might be this. I think I might have just called out the five, but we'll find out. Oh, no, because they got the War Games matchup, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to see who's representing NXT. Might really get some new upstarts or, or some cats that I just haven't seen yet or maybe I don't heard, haven't heard about, maybe I've forgotten about because I'm just really getting acclimated with the product. But, yeah, man, it's going to be some good stuff. And H, H over, you know, hyping up Kevin Owens and such like that. Like, the only reason why we didn't necessarily get a response from KO is almost the same reason why I didn't get a response from Seth in a way. We got some other shit going on. He called out the Raw locker room, told them they don't care about uh, KO, and, you know, they don't want any beef was pretty much, that's pretty much what I was hearing. And they don't want no static. And uh, out comes certain members of the Raw locker room to, you know, prove otherwise. So that was cool. This turns into an all-out beatdown. Then turns out to a brawl. Raw, Raw NXT is going at it. SmackDown just being on deck, I thought it was just fun during when during the Lucha House Party thing with Seth and Andrade. I thought that was fun just to say, hey, look, it's still every man for himself. Just because NXT here don't mean we forgot about six and one. You know what I mean? Because it was six and one. It, it was six and one. The, the SmackDown won one match on what was that the kickoff show? But either way, uh, what's that next matchup? Good shit. The H, great shit. The Owens. It was a great promo. It was a lot of fun. Undisputed Era was in the building. It's good stuff. Rey Mysterio agrees to a no-holds-barred match with uh, the current WWE champion, uh, Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman, uh, you know, he offers that matchup, and this is what we're going to get. Great promo from Pro, excuse me, great promo from Paul. I think that the, they're listening to the people say, okay, Paul in the ring is getting just a little old. We don't need that same promo from him every single week. So they decided to do it a little bit differently. So Paulie cut his promo backstage in, uh, you know, some environment. And he did his chat. And it was good stuff, you know. And then we have Ray come through with the response standard with Charlie Caruso, which was very, very cool also. It was good. It was just good stuff. Now it's no holds barred. Uh, initially, you would think, okay, Ray's going to get his ass kicked. And this is this is scary because now it's no hose barred. But we know that Ray is skilled. He's the biggest little man we got in the business today in the industry, you know. And I'm I'm excited to see what Ray brings to the table because I know he's going to be able to bring some form of static. Good old David versus Goliath. We get this what every every two three months, maybe even maybe even less than that. But it, I'm not opposed to it. I think it's going to be cool. It definitely brings more interest to the match, in my opinion. I hope that both of them are extremely safe. I'm mainly speaking to Ray with that. You know, like, uh, please 
don't die. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we know that the beast is going to come through and do his thing. And that's all three elements of sports entertainment that I speak from with that. Like he's not he's not whack. You know, he's very, very good when it comes to selling moves also. And he's in there working with a legend. So I'm pretty sure he's going to do what he can to make sure that both of them look great as they tell their story. So I'm very excited for the match. And I'm hyped to see what they're able to bring to the table uh, at Survivor Series this Sunday. Streaming live on the WWE Network. And we flow into the next matchup. We had Asuka taking on Natty. And I believe it was a brief interference from Kyrie, which led Asuka to the victory, which was fun. Shouts to Asuka throwing out that back fist, getting some getting some contutilage from her women's tag team champion partner and Kyrie saying, I'm so excited. Hey Kyrie, you don't have to say anything, but you're giving me those Neo vibes if we talking from uh you know, a diamond type matrix standpoint. If that even makes sense at all. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Someone will translate it for you later. And I'm not talking to Kyrie. I'm talking to y'all that don't get what I'm talking about. So with that, good matchup. Natty took the L. Oh my God, that kick. Yo. It was great. It had a great sound to it. It was off distraction, so Natty didn't look weak, you know, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, it was a good matchup. I enjoyed it a lot. I was happy that they did that. Randy and Ricochet. Now, I did not get to see this match, but apparently Raw Smackdown and NXT brawled. And, um, <laughs> yeah, now... We uh now now they didn't get a clear winner. Were the tag team championships on the line? I do not believe that they were, but all in all, it was still uh it was fun. You know, it's fun to see Randy and Ricochet go at it. You know, Randy likes having partners and working with people that are uh to his benefit. You know, that end up benefiting him in some way, shape, form, or fashion. That is a true definition of friendship from a corporate level. I'm just going, I, I'm sorry. Sometimes I'll be trying to, I'll be trying to keep the, the knowledge masked, veiled in the shadows, if you will. But man, look, the, the corporate definition of friendship is two parties that can mutually gain or mutually benefit from each other. So Randy thinking like a businessman, let's go ahead and step a little bit above that. The creative team, is thinking from a business standpoint because guess what? The goddamn chairman is ahead of head of the, biz, the billion dollar co- corporation. You know what I'm saying? So this is good stuff. They're trying to teach y'all something, but y'all don't even see. Not even say all of y'all, but some people it goes clearly over the head. And uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't acknowledge everything. Nothing goes over my head usually. If it does, okay, whatever. But in most cases, I be just, you know, I'm, I'm watching and not trying to be reactive. But that was something where I was like, wow. So I knew that Randy was probably going to pick Ricochet. Then we are Ricochet and then eventually went to commercial. And then it was just like commercial overload. And I had to go to sleep. And I was just, it was just too much. I had a fairly, uh, seemingly long day. But that's up to interpretation. Either way. That was Monday Night Raw. Very fun show. Survivor Series Sunday. I'm anticipating to see how all of this... Look, I don't even use this word like that. But see how all of this schmajery 
uh, you know, plays out. I'm looking forward to seeing all of the beef, all of the steak and cake, all, just the, just just how's this shit gonna play out? Oh man, man, <laughs> crazy mofo, you mother lover. But no, all right, let's get enough. That's enough of that. Stop joking around. Uh, like I said, that was Rush. I was everybody bringing the podcast each and every week. Uh, shout out to WWE for giving us something cool. I will catch you guys. I'm going to be watching NXT because I'm hyped to see how this all plays out. We don't play the ratings war game. We pay attention, but we're here running our own race. We're paying attention to how the marathon is. You see what happens when they decide to turn up a little bit. You know, the, the, the gap, it, it closes. What happens? It, look, I'm not even going to get into this shit. Either way, uh, yeah, I will holler at you guys next time, man. Thanks for listening. Peace.